I'm Amy. Hey, I'm Erica. Sorry we missed you at happy hour this week. Oh yeah, you weren't there. Bummer. But no worries, we've got you covered. Yeah, we're rewinding this week's happy hour chat. The dish on pop culture. True crime. Hot topics in the news. And of course, podcasts. So, pour yourself a glass and... Cheers! You're listening to Happy Hour Rewind. Oh, well, hey there, guys. Welcome back to Happy Hour Rewind. Hello. Hi, I am Erica, one of your hosts. With me, as always, whenever we're on the mic, Amy. That's me. My name is Amy. So nice to be back on the mic with you guys. Yes. Um, Been a bit. Yeah, it's been a bit. You know, if you don't have something to say, don't say anything at all. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And that goes for good things and bad things. It sure does. You know, I don't really buy into the, if you have nothing nice to say, say nothing at all. No. I like to talk some shit, but sometimes there's just not even enough shit to talk. (laughs) I was talking to a friend today on a lunch break. He gave me a call. He lives in Atlanta now. Mm -hmm. And he was, oh, I know him. You do know him. We were venting about something and he was like, oh, it just feels so good to complain about this person with you. was like hey I'm always here if you need to just hate on somebody's Facebook post absolutely I mean the motto here at happy hour rewind of course is hashtag be kind rewind but like kindness in your heart is is what we're really promoting there of course but you gotta talk shit sometimes honestly this guy we were talking about in his Facebook post he plays PR for a company that he doesn't work for. And it's just oh, like, you don't I know work exactly there. What you're talking about. Why are you like constantly posting about this company you don't work for? Like, are you trying to get some spawn con? Like, <laughs> what are you doing? And it's just literally like hashtag nobody cares. Yeah, because he probably doesn't have enough Instagram followers to ever get spawn con anyway. Course. So it's just hashtag rando oh my God, company, it's hashtag so love rando insane. company. It was just a really nice lunch break for the two of us just to be like, remember how we don't like this person's Facebook? not unfriending <laughs> like I need that little snark during my day but yes still kind Rewind. give some donations not buying Girl Scout cookies that's not my thing oh no and you know what I get made to feel badly about that look I sold a lot of Girl Scout cookies yeah. back in my day but now that I'm an adult and I make choices with my own money I don't want Girl Scout cookies no. I would rather cut your daughter a check for 15 bucks and totally. have to have those sleeves of cookies in my house mm-hmm. I have a girl at work that, you know, she's not pushing it on anybody, but she's definitely selling Girl Scout cookies on behalf of her daughter. And we were grabbing lunch the other day, and she left her card upstairs. And I was like, I got your lunch. Like, don't worry about it. And I thought to myself, ha-ha, <laughs> take that money and buy yourself some Girl Scout cookies. Let's call it a day. Right. Like, I'm not buying your Caramel Delights, a.k.a. Samoas. I don't know why anything got named, like, renamed. These cookies are going crazy. That's true. You and I were both Girl Scouts back in the yeah. day. We've both sold some cookies. I guess in the 20-some years since we've been Girl Scouts, Mm -hmm. they've needed to rebrand. Yeah. But now, you know, I don't feel connected to the brand anymore. You've left me behind. Yes. As I have left behind my my Girl Scout oath. So I guess same, same. Make new friends. We keep the old. (laughs) One is silver silver and the other other is gold. gold. Oh, I do remember that. Fuck you, Girl Scouts. (laughs) I still don't want to go camping. When I am saying unkind things about folks, do you yeah. know what one of my favorite things to do in uh, tandem is? I do. Well, drink. yes, it is drink. I thought maybe we should tell the listeners oh. that it's time for drink of the week. Yay! Tell me big what, sippies. Tell me what you're sipping and snarking to I'm this week. I'm sipping and snarking in a drunk soda class. That was so good. A drunk soda class from Beth. Um, I'm having a dark horse cab salve. Mm-hmm. And 
a water. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to hydrate. Yes. I'm having, I'm having an old standby, the cupcake Pinot Grigio. Mm. You know, you always come back home to your faves. Nothing special to say there. It's just great Pinot that I love. It was actually on the sale rack today. Not on the sale rack. It was a dollar off. Okay. Who am I kidding? But it was, you know, always worth it. You've got me on Cupcake Sauvignon Blanc. I never really drank it, but you grabbed it one day for me. And you were like, it's fine, Erica. It's from the Marlboro region. And I was like, oh, you're right. I'll drink it. I know you. I know you, and I know how you drink your Savvy B. I love the Marlboro region. But um, that's not the only thing we like to talk about when we're on this show. And guys, it's, it's been a few weeks since we've given you some of our favorite shots of the week. So Amy, what's a shot that's rolling around your head this week? Mm, girl, I have an obsession that I have binged, finished, and am in deep mourning of. And that would be the Netflix docuseries Cheer. I can't. I, I can't. It's- so good. The reason people were freaking out on the internet were true. It, absolutely. The hype was all correct. I was not disappointed. So you and I watched the first two episodes together one day last week. Oh, it was like 30 degrees out. I was like, do you want to like, cuddle up and watch cheer? <laughs> exactly. We didn't touch each other because <laughs> no, we don't uh, separate couches. do that. Separate, separate couches. Couch. Um, but then I binged and finished over the weekend and the uh, – I. I <laughs> to 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 say that I was bawling when they were performing their mm-hmm. um, nationals routine in Daytona Beach full out. is full out <laughs> is kind of an understatement. I mean, it, you get inside of these people, you know them. If I, everyone who's seen Cheer knows what I mean when I say Jerry is everything, and thank God he got on Matt. If Jerry wasn't going to be on Matt in Daytona, I was going to find Monica's phone number and let her know what for. <laughs> I would burn down the city of Navarro. No, well, it's, it's the Cor- Corsicana, Corsicana, the Texas. But it's yes, Navarro Junior College. It's just it's it's so heartwarming. You know, sure, maybe there are some underlining um, social themes that about like proper eating. Yeah. You know, uh, ugh, you know, there's some definitely some underlying themes that maybe you could debate in a higher arena than here sure. at Happy Hour it's Rewind. Not high arena at all. But what it really is is getting to know all of these kids from different types of lifestyles all over the country, and they all come together at this junior college in Texas. Uh, to be on this premier cheerleading squad. The premier cheerleading squad, right? right? Led by this saint of a woman, Coach Monica. And just the the personality, the hard work, the amazing things these athletes can do with their bodies. And like watching them get hurt, watching them fight with each other, and then ultimately come together into this like, moment that is going to be a a pinnacle moment in all of their lives they already know that and to like watch them go through it and man this documentary is so well done it just have you finished it yet by the way not I'm on episode four and I'm trying to savor it because I'm a little nervous Mm. of what's going to happen to me when coach Monica and is not on my life to like tell me what to do and I'm not gonna have Jerry to cheer me on and to like push through it and Matt Matt talk me and it's so good. When we were watching it, we both just kept commentating on how well the documentary is done Absolutely. to begin with. And then not just to see these kids in their true cheerleading environment, but to be like at home with them, with their parents and learn their backstory and hear from people in their lives. And you 
just like you said, so deeply care about these kids that if Jerry doesn't get on Matt or, you know, if we don't find out who dropped Sherbs, like you just get invested in these kids and want literally nothing but the best. And the fact that a country came together and just really cares about these 20 kids and we all agree that they're amazing and we'll all rally together. We'll do a GoFundMe, like whatever it takes to Mm -hmm. make them happy and healthy and safe. That's such a mark of a good documentary, I think. That's such a good point and that these you people too. Such a good point that you just brought up because, like, at, here's a question: At the end of the documentary, are all of us Monica? Like, mm-hmm. all of us yes. are rooting for these kids the way that Coach Monica does yes. because you you see it from her perspective so much. And then the documentary is so good about showing you what is going on from each of the athletes' perspectives, like. Ladarius who has an attitude problem it's so easy to be like Ladarius get your shit together but then they take you deep inside Ladarius's life you meet his mother you really learn what happened to him and you do nothing but root for him who yeah. you know Ladarius is shown to have a bad attitude a whole lot but by the end I'm doing nothing but rooting for yeah. him um you know because in my life when I encounter people with bad attitudes I think I do have a hard time having empathy for them mm-hmm. um and remembering that I don't know what they are dealing with when they go home at the end of the night and what has brought them to this place in life. I'm just like, you know, screw you. You're making my life difficult right now with your shit attitude. Oh, yeah. But, like, this documentary honestly opened some, like, empathy Mm -hmm. in me and and seeing people as full people, you know, an athlete, as someone that's you know, also has a home life, has these struggles. Like, God, it was well done is I Maybe. hope for a season two. Oh, jeez, please. I want I want to know what happens in the 2020. You know what? What's happening like in the next month? Well, should we go? To, should we drive? Should we day trip to Daytona and see if we can get in yes. to the Nationals next year? I would love that. Or this month, you the, mean. Or in March. It's coming up in March. Oh, my God. I, I, okay, new plan. New plan. Guys, we're... Okay, bye guys. Signing off. We're going to Daytona right now and waiting. Well, maybe we'll do a live show <laughs> from the seats. <laughs> like stalk Jerry and Ladarius and be like, hi, we have a low budge podcast. Do you oh, want to no. be on it? Jerry has moved on. No spoiler. Right. Sorry, know, that is a spoiler. It is. But like, they're all going to be there. You know that. Truth. Oh yeah, because alumni always come back, which is the other amazing thing about this program is, like I said, it's this pinnacle moment in these children's lives or you know young adults' lives when they go to this national competition. But so many alumni come back that it proves how yeah. so life-changing being in this program is. Anyway, I've gone on long enough. Erica, what Not is... long enough. I could talk about cheer for the next 50 minutes, but I don't think anybody else wants that. Drunk us out later? Obviously. Um, Erica, what is your shot this week? My shot this week is in this year of 2020. I joined this um, year-long program mm-hmm. that I found through this girl on Instagram already. That does sound cheesy, and I hear it. Don't worry. Yep, judging you. <laughs> judging you. No. It's this girl who's like all about like helping you um, rise your rise raise your vibration and um, really teaches you how to do like meditation and um, manifest things in your life and it's hokey and there's crystals and there's all of these things (laughs) but I just really feel like I'm leaning so into it in the past like year I've had sage I've bought a crystal. Mm-hmm. I've read a book about the universe and You're becoming energy a tree hugger on for me. For sure. And I just find that um, I was gravitating towards this girl's Instagram account and she was starting this thing called the Vibe Tribe. So it's me and like almost 100 other girls. 
I don't believe there's any men in it. Um, <laughs> but we've got like daily meditations and like daily meditations to manifest things and to like find out what your true inner being wants to do and like all about doing little things to raise your vibration and just live at like a higher hertz mm-hmm. and how that can obviously attract other things positive too in your life. And so, like, I was like, okay, like, for the first week or so, I was like, I'm doing my journaling. I'm, like, not doing the meditations. And then I will say about, what, two weeks ago, I did the meditation, and I was sobbing in my room through Mm -hmm. this, like, guided meditation. It was the most transcending, like, moment I feel like I've ever had. There was, like, clarity. That third eye, like, opened up, like, all of that, like, hippy-dippy stuff. And it's been so wonderful and calming. And, I mean, I don't want to brag, but I manifested us – perfect seats at our favorite bar the other day well favorite bar we'll get into we'll get that. To that in a second but on my way to this bar I knew it was going to be crazy packed on a Friday and we were already meeting at like 6 30 like close to the end of happy hour and on my drive I just like pictured you and I sitting in our favorite seats like the corner of the bar having the certain drinks and when I got to the restaurant the place was packed I mean like three people deep at the bar and I saw our seats were taken by a couple and this woman caught eyes with me and she like ushered me over and I was like hey and she was like are you looking for seats me and my husband are about to get up and they were signing their check and I was like I want these seats I made these seats happen and so sat down and then got our drinks and like you came in and it was crazy busy but I was like I did this like we're sitting here because I did this like it was just one of those things it was like an instant reaction kind of thing like Mm -hmm. instant gratification and I was like oh maybe I should try manifesting things that aren't seats at the bar. <laughs> well, I was going to say it kind of goes to show that, by the way, I do support you. I, I like to <laughs> poke good. fun at your hippy-dippiness. Yeah. But I, you know, whatever, first of all, like we've always say, let people have their thing. Absolutely. You know, if it's your nerd thing or your whatever it is, whatever makes you happy and makes you feel better at the end of mm-hmm. the day, girl, do you. But I also love that. You know, like manifestation can be big or small. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people spend a lot of time trying to manifest a new career. Yeah. uh, Winning the lotto or like somehow getting a windfall of money or uh, a new romantic relationship. But there's nothing wrong with manifesting like, I just want my favorite seat at the bar. (laughs) Right. And that coming true. And that feels just as good, I think, sometimes. It really did. Instant gratification is Always. Always the best. Always feels great. That's why we love shopping. Yes. <laughs> True story. Retail therapy also up there. I think instead of medicating or meditating. Me- or medicating. I do like to medicate. <laughs> especially self-medicate with alcohol. Yeah. No, but um, meditating. Yeah. Like we all have our form of it. Some of sure. us are retail therapy. Yeah. Some of us are yoga. Some of us are watching um, 90 Day Fiance and Love After Lockup. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you just go to your place where you don't think. And some of my best thoughts do come to me about, like, my own life. Yeah. When I'm watching a trash reality show where, you know, my brain doesn't have to engage. Yeah, no. God, no. I hope not. However it gets to you. Oh, yeah, no. And good for you for putting it in the work, really. Yeah, thank you. No, it's been really interesting. And like I said, it's a whole year worth of stuff. So, guys, we'll see if I smell like patchouli come June. (laughs) Okay, so, like, you know. Positive vibes and all of that yes. stuff. Yes. Let's jump into the show and start talking about the happy hour convos that we've been having over the last several weeks. Yeah. That it's time to pull out on the podcast for all of our rewinders. Let's do it. So I think kind of in the same like, you know, self-empowering um, conversation that we were sort of just having, I had a moment that made me feel 
really sad a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. and I brought it to you. Yeah. Um, and that is the fact that the Women's March 2020 uh, happened annually again this year, and I took zero notice until after it had yeah. happened. Um, I did not know it happened. I think I didn't actually know what happened either. I'm just still in a Facebook group from when I attended mm-hmm. the Orlando version of the first one in 2017 yes. and, you know, stayed in this kind of Facebook group. And I remember waking up Sunday morning, two weeks ago now. Um, I think it was, I think it fell on January 20th this year. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm waking up that Sunday morning and getting a Facebook notification. You have an event today. And I was like, like I do. I'm popular? I have somewhere to go. <laughs> and I opened it up and it was like, the Women's March starts in like 20 minutes. Are you on your way? And I was like, the women, oh, the oh. who? The Women's March, oh. So, you know, twenty end of 2016, the Me Too movement came to rise. Yeah. Right? And we started podcasting mm-hmm. at the end of 2016. Was it? Was it six, seven? Was it the end of 2017 that we started podcasting? We've done three New Year's Eves. Right. So 2018, 2019, and 20. So, but 2016 and 17, 17 and 18, 18, 19, 19. Anyway, you know what? It's been the third year of the Women's March. Um, Whenever Me Too, we are the worst. (laughs) Wow. Um, But, you know, that Women's March, I got my Nasty Woman t shirt on. I wore... 17. Okay, 17. I think it must have been January of 2017. That doesn't feel right. We might need to edit this pod a bit. (laughs) Anyway. Yeah, sorry um, guys. I I didn't go to D.C. for the first Women's March with all of the pussy hats and everything, but I did attend the Orlando version, and I was women strong. It was, of course, just right behind the Me Too movement, and it was such a powerful day for me that I swore I would always – um, keep going. Keep keep going with and stay on top of and be proactive about this. Um, what we realized with the Me Too movement is that women's equality we're not done fighting for yet. Yeah. And um, how my belief in that, like I've shared with you and on this podcast, that I, I found a phrase that I love so much that none of us are free until all of us are free. Yeah. Anyway, the next year came, and and you and best friend of the pod, Beth, and her little boy, we did go to the Women's Uh March the next year. You guys were so excited to participate because I had such rave reviews about it from the first year, and we were very lackluster about it. It really became just a bunch of political speeches. It was a lot of stumping, and we couldn't even stay the entire time. We took little H, and we went – and brunched. Uh-huh. He had some great signage. We got some good photos. I think we even talked about it on the show. Yeah. That we were just so bummed that there wasn't so much more about things that we could do or a way to learn about how to fight for equality. It was really like, hi, I'm so-and-so. I'm running for commissioner. I promise to fight for you. And like, mm-hmm. that's that's nice. That's good to know. Yep. But nothing really said like, hey, here's what you can do. Like, here's how y'all can take action rather than just standing around this lake one day a year. Right. But, you know, going forward, uh, so fast forward to this year where I just didn't even register it. 
I do think that there was a gathering in DC and maybe some other ones, but nowhere near the point where, you know, looking on Facebook that first year, even my hometown of Big Rapids, Michigan, had a few women get together in front of City Hall downtown and just do their own participation. Yeah. There was, you know, virtual participation. And, you know, it's really fallen off as in, you know, other movements like let's say, Occupy Wall Street, mm-hmm. the other types of movements like that that have a social cause do tend to drop off. Yeah. But, you know, I feel I feel personally badly that I've, I would say, maybe abandoned ship a little yeah. bit. Though, then again, I wonder if, did I really abandon ship or if I just always had these ideals in my yeah. heart and there was that moment there where it felt good to get together and make that splash and now, I mean, I know that I'm no different in the way that I, it's not that I value those things any less. No, yeah. But I did promise myself back then that I would continue in activism. Uh-huh. And I look at myself in 2020 and, you know, didn't even realize it was coming. Yeah. And I feel badly about that. Yeah, I mean, I think that like we still vote in a way that we support female equality and all of that stuff. But yeah, I, I mean, for me, I, I didn't have the experience you did year one because I couldn't mm-hmm. go. So um, last year just kind of like definitely I was like, oh, this is fine. But like this feels wasteful of all of our times. We could be doing things. And so I didn't even think about it this year because it wasn't something that registered so strongly Mm -hmm. with me last year that I couldn't wait to do it again. Yeah. Which is the way you felt when we went last year. Yes. I was so excited to show it to you guys. Yeah. And then it was frankly disappointing. Mm -hmm. And I felt, you know, badly about that. Anyway, I don't know how much more there is to say about it, but I wanted to bring it up because I, you know, just activism in general, it's, I don't know, it's kind of hard to keep that candle burning real yeah. strong when like just regular life gets back in the way. Absolutely. Well, speaking of activism and women that are at the forefront. <laughs> yes. We are being graced next month or early March with a book by the one and only Jessica Simpson. Is this chicken or is this fish Simpson? Right. The autobiography, an open book by Jessica Simpson, is definitely making some waves in Mm -hmm. the pop culture world. I mean, we don't look at Jessica Simpson and think, that's a reader. (laughs) But also, she owns a billion-dollar business of clothes and, I think, accessories and shoes and Weight Watcher stuff. And, I mean, this woman is a mogul. If you will, at the end of the day, it's like she's definitely not the dumb blonde we really were put given on a silver platter from MTV back in the heyday of newlyweds when honestly reality TV was really creeping up. Yes. Um, uh, is she a dumb blonde or is she not? Is I think been the age old question about yeah. Jessica Simpson. We were at that perfect golden age of watching anything that MTV put on when they put it on. So I know that you and I have both watched every episode of Newlyweds Mm -hmm. from front to back. Multiple times. You know, and obviously like there was kind of a joke at the, you know, late 90s, early 2000s. Like, do not put your marriage on MTV because it will fail. Newlyweds failed. Uh, Carmen Electra and Dennis Rodman, I think, had a show that failed. Travis... Um, from Blink-182. And, and his, his wife. That fell apart. Very weird wife. Honestly, only Ozzy and Sharon made it. Well, because <laughs> have you seen her? She's not letting him go anywhere. Where's she going? She's holding on to her cash cow. He doesn't know where the kitchen is without her. Or how to use a remote control. 
But anyway, taking it back to Jessica Simpson, you know, she's releasing an autobiography. Yeah. And like with a lot of celebrity autobiographies, like excerpts come out yes. prior to release. Yeah. So we've learned a Tell lot. Tell me why I should give you my money. So first of all, like let's get the sad thing out of the way. Jessica talks about being molested by a family friend from the age of six until like 10 yeah. when she finally told her parents. And to think about this, you know, very sexy young pop star that she was mm-hmm. in light of that, wow, that's a and it was crazy thing to think, isn't it? was just a family friend. It was a family friend's like daughter. Oh, I didn't know that oh, part. Oh, yeah. No, Tell me what. It was more like they would go visit this family friend. They had young children. Jessica was six. This girl was like 12 or 13. Oh, that's I did. That's how I read the re- the excerpt to be that she would be in bed with this girl and like nobody thought different. Whoa. I didn't know that angle to it. Yeah. I just so read that, family friend and made assumption weird old guy. Yeah. No, it wasn't. It was. Whoa. Yeah. And so that really messed with her and how she talked about like that really bothered her and she finally one day was driving with her family in the car and was like a teen or tween mm-hmm. and said something to her parents like, I don't like going to their house so-and-so like touches me. And her mother hit her father mm-hmm. and went, I told you something was up. And then they never addressed it again to her. But I did think I read that they stopped going to that They did stop house. going, but like they never then went back and addressed it with her. And mm. not having that conversation or demanding that your little gets into therapy – can really sit with you for a very, very long time. So yeah, like you said, we see this, you know, Christian sex bot mm-hmm. as her father like touted her out to be. Oh, that was so weird about it. Its was own. so weird. And to know she had this, you know, dark secret that she was holding in, it's like my heart breaks for her. Well, and she talked about later in her life she had an alcohol and pill addiction. Yeah, that which, was so crazy too to read. Which I don't think I knew. I mean – so when we saw her on Newlyweds, she very rarely drank. Yeah. Um, I think it's probably the most accessible she ever was, you know, to the public, was when yes. she had a reality TV show. Yeah. But, you know, you saw her working so hard. You remember a couple seasons of that show. She's barely eating anything because she was getting ready for that Dukes of Hazards movie. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she had always been kind of in trouble with – her agents and stuff for her weight. Like, the poor thing was so beautiful. But she happens to be a very voluptuous girl. And you have the Britney Spears, the Mandy Moore, and the Christina Aguilera at the time that you're competing with. Oh, yeah. And, like, how, you know, she did later on become, you know, she had some weight issues. She went through a Weight Watchers sponsor moment. And so now I wonder if it was alcohol and pills that, like, helped helped with that weight gain. But I think the most important, at least for us newlyweds fans, yes. piece to talk about is for the first time since the big Nick Lachey divorce. Oh yeah, girls talking, and she has a lot to say, singing which like a is canary. So great because oh. after newlyweds ended, and you know she attempted more music and movies, and then you know married that ex football player. Remember her country star moment. Like that one album and the country music scene was like, no thanks. No, thank you. We have this girl named Taylor. We don't need you. <laughs> exactly. Poor Jessica. Right? But so oh, Jessica God. went on and almost, you know, kind of faded into the background while she was figuring things out. But Nick stayed in the limelight. He ended up marrying Vanessa Lachey mm-hmm. um, and Manilo. Jessica Manilo. Uh, Vanessa, Vanessa Manilo. Jessica Manilo. That's funny. Would be weird. Vanessa Manilo, right. And they have beautiful children beautiful together. Beautiful children. And he's always been pretty open about um, his relationship with Joe Simpson or how awkward it was um, finding out that, like, 
he was, you know, their divorce was a, a blind side to him. And then you find out in the book, Jessica really comes to light and says like, no, it was very clear we were not going to be together. We stopped speaking for six months, but lived in the same house. Right, because he really went on kind of a sob story. Oh, yeah. You know, he was going on radio interviews. He crushed it. And in the press, like, oh, she blindsided me. And he had this really good, and he portrayed it really well on their reality show, Midwestern boy of solid values. And she was the Texas girl of the conservative Christian values, Mm -hmm. um, of course, but his thing was always like, I, my parents have been married for 40 plus years and marriage is forever to oh, yeah. me. And so when they got divorced, he went out to the press and boo-hooed about, oh, I never meant to get divorced. Yeah, yeah. I was blindsided. And Jessica, who also famously saved herself for marriage uh-huh. and, um, you know, like obviously never meant to get divorced either given her values, comes out what, two decades later, yeah. like, I don't know where he gets off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I won't go say shit back then, but I can say, say shit it now. now. Where the fuck do you get off, boy? We were sleeping in the same house and not speaking for four months, and you want to play blindsided right? to the press? The fuck you think you are? I think that that must have been her um, book pitch. Uh-huh. All she did do was tell Random House, like, I'm a spill about newlyweds. And they were like, great, here's $6 million. Sign on the dotted line, whatever pages you come up with. We'll edit it. You're, you're all right. You are absolutely right. So I do have a bombshell for you. I don't think you know this. Our good friend Rachel. uh, Local Rachel. I have a handful of Rachel friends. She does. She has to clarify. Uh, Orlando Rachel. Uh Uh-huh. Guess who she went to high school with? Jay Simps? Jay Simps. And like. That's right. She's from Texas. She's from Texas. And like knew her. And so I saw her at the bar the other night and I was like talking about this book. That's Rachel's right. older than us. Because Rachel's a few years older than us, and so is Jessica. Okay. <sighs> I know. You we saved know, this we know for me. I, I love you so much. <laughs> Lay it thick, We sis. know Jessica Simpson. So I was talking about at the bar there, and I was like, oh, who's going to read the new Jessica Simpson book? And everyone stared at me, and they were like, I don't know. Ask her best friend, Rachel. And I spun on my heels and was like, you know Jessica Simpson? And she looked at me, and she was like, yes. We went to school together. And I was like, tell me everything. And she goes, Okay. I was a loser, and she was cool. (laughs) (laughs) So that's the story. End of that story. (laughs) But still. Yes. She knows her. I'm sure we can get her a little drunk and get a couple little seeds out of her. Yeah. But the time she pushed her in the locker room and she, like, didn't wash that bruise off of her. Of course. (laughs) That's not a thing you do with bruises, I know. No. It's the best I could come up with. That's okay. But yeah. Okay, speaking of tough breakups, it's time to transition to... I guess this is this week's based on a true happy hour conversation. Yeah. One of our favorite segments here on Happy Hour Rewind. And we hope yours too. Oh, uh, we do. Um, Erica and I have a, uh, we're at a crossroads in our life. So we're having this moment where, I think we've all had that relationship, where you realize it's toxic, it's not good for us anymore, but we're still in love. And you just feel sometimes alive, but like, it's fleeting. You also, every time you're with them, you want to feel those old feelings, but you're disappointed. You want better. Every time. You think you can fix them. You think you know this time around they're not going to hurt me. That was just last time. Sorry, that old spark will come yeah, back. Yeah, it's fine. Sometimes we're not talking about a man, you no. guys. 
we're talking about a bar. Yeah. And one of our favorite happy hour location bars that Eric and I have had to look each other <laughs> in the eye and yeah. have a serious conversation and decide together. We have to break up with our favorite happy hour bar. I'm I'm not okay. I, I'm, I'm not so okay. Bad. Where am I going to go? Ugh. So okay. for some like background story, it's a new restaurant slash bar, I would say 15 minutes away from where we work in a cute part of town. And the best part about this bar is there's happy hour every day mm-hmm. from like 4 to 7 o'clock. That's right. Saturday is included, included, you guys. And every Sunday. day. And this includes all cocktails, beer, wine. And you can get some of your favorite glasses of wine for $4. That's right. And or that's, this is where you try the fancy wines. Exactly. Like, Give me that Whispering Angel. White. Yeah, that's right. White, Whispering Angel, Conundrum, Naomi mm-hmm. Pinot Noir. Oh, my jam. Some of our favorite wines that, you know, even at this place, it's $12 a glass. But from 4 to 7 o'clock, they're half off. There are no exceptions. So I can get my $12 glass of Conundrum for $6? Yes. And I can do that for three hours? For three hours. Come at me. And also, I will say, this place is of Turkish cuisine. Yes. And I love Mediterranean food. Oh, the cucumber tzatziki dip. Mm -hmm. The hummus. The, the the olive and feta plate, mm. just big hunks of feta and yummy kalamata olives and cucumbers and fresh vegetables and this weird balloon bread that tastes like mm. bits mm. of angel poop. It's so good. It's so good, and and like you said, the location is so prime, so prime, and so close to where we are and like where we want to hang out. It's. The pros list is so long about so like, this place. You're probably thinking, one, why would you break up with this place? And that? then B, when are we having drinks together? And right? we'll tell you, never. And the reason we have to break up with this bar is because of the bartenders. And specifically one. There specifically are there one. There are a few, but specifically bartender. one. Service in general. Yes. I will say at this place, but there are this there is one bartender. Go ahead. So every time I see him, and I think the first time I met him, he played that stupid game of like, hey, good to see you again. And I was like, oh, hi, nice to see you. And he was like, no, you remember me. Oh, you don't remember me. I can't believe you forgot me. I was like, oh, okay. And he decided to play this stupid game with me. And now whenever I see him, he's like, hey, Blondie, thanks for coming back to see me again. And I don't like when bartenders do that to me. No. It's just off-putting, and I didn't ask for that, and we're not close. And so because he plays this game that we're all buddy-buddy, he'll get us our one drink, and then you could be bone dry for 45 minutes Mm -hmm. and ask for a glass over and over and over again. And instead, he picks his butt. I don't know what he's doing, but, like, his inability to, like, take care of you, but then comes over and is like, you guys are the greatest. I love waiting on you. You're so easy. And you're like, I'd be easier if my glass was always full. Yes. There's that – there's also, you know, all, we all walk different places in life and we all have different personalities. That doesn't mean that I have to be around your personality. Yeah. This guy's personality is so incredibly off-putting to and us. And a very aggressive. Thank yeah. you. That I find myself just not being able to enjoy myself. Yeah. 
And then, you know, I have had experiences with other friends there at the bar and there have been other bartenders that have been just like sorely lacking in service. Yes. There's also, you know, this one bartender that we were already talking about, like one time you and I were meeting up there and I got there maybe 10 minutes before you and you had uh, gone a few days prior with best friend of the pod, Beth, oh, yeah. and her family. Like, that's okay. No big deal. I think it is. And I sat down at the bar and he immediately ran up to me and he was like, your friend is cheating on you. Like, and oh. it just, it just feels very invasive. And, yeah. you know, I think a lot of us like to go to bars where we become kind of semi-regulars, where you get sure. friendly with a bartender. But not a, friends. <laughs> a rapport. Well, even if you do become friends, sure. if that's comfortable for yeah. both of you, fine. But, you know, a friendly rapport, a, hey, let me get your drink before you ask for it. Yeah. That's all great. There is something so off yes. about this approach. And and like I said, I have been there other times when he's not even in the equation and the service has been so atrocious in some way. Yeah. And what really I think drives me crazy about this bar is like we said, it's a great part of town, but it's a very new part of town. Mm-hmm. There will be other bars popping up and I think they're going to have to watch their backs then. Yes. But right now, they're the only spot. Yep right there and so it's almost like they're leaning back like the fuck you gonna do agreed we don't have to be better than this no and like they're busy mm-hmm. like i they're said when i was busy. this is a place that i like manifested our table the other day mm-hmm. um they're always busy which is fine i have no problem with a busy bar as long as like the service is good like i'm fine with mm-hmm. a packed bar like that doesn't affect me but when you tell the bartender, I'll have another glass, and they go, well, what were you drinking? And you're like, but you could go to the POS and just hit, like, seat seven wanted another of the only thing seat seven is drinking. Instead, I'm shouting again, and you're like, wait, what? And then you walk away, and you come back, and you're like, what was that drink again? I don't know, man. It's in the POS. You can figure this out. That's like, right. I don't expect you to memorize yeah, my glass. Yeah, use your, like, deduction, like, reasoning. It's not hard. As, yeah, that's the thing. It's not hard. You could do one step more. Yeah. You could do a little less of your personal aggression, and you could do a little more focusing on, like, the service. Absolutely. So, like, the question has really become for us, like, okay, you know, we have had bad experiences there several times, and we've continued to go to that establishment mm-hmm. because we so much liked the product yes. and the atmosphere. Yes. And so now, like, the last time you and I were there, which is about a week and a half ago, yeah. we looked at each other and we said, we're done. Yeah. And then we kind of came home, though, and we said, but... but bummed. We're so bummed. We're so we bummed. We loved going there for the convenience, like I said, for the product that it yeah. offered. So now it's like, like, that's that's my A in some ways. Yes. And so, like, now I've got to go to, like, what is even well, now option Now i got to find B? something else. And, like, I didn't have time. I didn't want to. And I, I like, found something. I was like, this is it. This is it. because And the thing is, there's no traffic. There are so many great places yeah. in and around Orlando where we live. But there's such a traffic factor Absolutely. here. So it's like, where are we going to go that's just that easy, that offers that same level of product with out the added just like stress of physically being there totally it's like what do you do and like all of you guys I think we've all probably had a bar that we loved yeah and then like something was just off-putting enough about it yes. you gotta stop going maybe it's even the other patrons maybe it's the cleanliness maybe it's the gross-ass bathroom yeah you know like we've all had a reason that we've had to stop going to somewhere great I have a little hideaway um 
happy hour bar that sometimes after work I would go to uh-huh. when I just wanted to have a drink or two by myself before you know at the end of a hard day or whatever yeah and very recently I stopped going because it was literally dirty every oh, time yes. I was there you mentioned that you showed mm-hmm. me there once before and like there was a full smell Yes. So this used to be just like a great hideaway place. It was really close to my office, but no one from my office ever went there. Yeah. And But like I said, management must have changed or something. And the literal filth in the place, I had to stop going. Yeah. I mean, bugs and just, I had to, I had to stop going. And I had this whole moment of like, but when I need that moment to myself, mm-hmm. where am I going to go? And now you and I are finding that, like, for that Friday night happy hour or that random Tuesday when it's like, girl, week's got to drink. Yes. Like, where are we going to go? It's so hard to break up. Like I said, it's like that toxic love. Like, yeah. there's still so much you love about it, but you know you can't be with it anymore. Like, there's so many red flags, but I'm trying to ignore them, but I just can't ignore them anymore. That's what, like, we are at this yeah. point. It's time to just, move on. But I don't know to what. I'm and not going to lie. that's the hardest part. I'm probably going to try to move on. I'm going to probably slip up. I might go back to an ex sporadically. But let's give it at least a month. Yeah. Let's give it a month and then go All back. Right. I promise you. Okay. One month. We'll, we'll see where it. we are. January 28th. Mark the date. Perfect. So I do think that throughout the show we would be super remiss mm-hmm. if we didn't mention um, – the horrible tragedy that took place this past weekend with the loss of Kobe Bryant, his daughter, and seven other people in the horrific helicopter crash in L.A. this past Sunday. Yeah. We're a pop culture show. We definitely mm-hmm. love to talk about things that are in the news, um, conversations that we really do have. And like I said, we'd just be super remiss if we just didn't mention how devastating it is. And Amy and I are not basketball fans, mm-hmm. but I think it speaks volumes to somebody's celebrity and like famedom when what they do transcends their sport we know Mm -hmm. that Kobe Bryant was an amazing father to his four daughters and he really gave back to women's sports in such a fantastic way and so we just wanted to take a quick second and say that our hearts are broken along with Mm -hmm. quite a lot of people in this country and around the world and it would just feel weird to have this podcast this week and not mention that our hearts go out to everybody Mm -hmm. affected by his loss whether you knew him or not or every time you shoot a basketball, you always go, Kobe. Yeah. Whatever it takes. I just don't think we're ever going to forget the impact that he had. Yeah. I want to make a shout out to to Alicia Keys and yes. her really beautiful tribute at the opening of the Grammys, which mm-hmm. she hosted Sunday night. In the Staples Center. In the Staples Center, which, you know, she mentioned, and I just loved what she said, that we are in the house that Kobe built. Absolutely. And... um. Yeah, that moment was so reminiscent for me of when James Corden hosted the Tonys yes. the same day that here in Orlando we experienced the Pulse nightclub tragedy. Mm-hmm. And James Corden just quietly, without a musical fanfare, opened the show and gave a speech to Orlando. Yeah. You know, you and I were going through so much that day and we were so emotional about that. And I feel like Alicia Keys encaptured that. And um, Yes. Did that so well for, of course, you know, the Grammys are all about music and recording artists, but of course she had to lay tribute to just the great tragedy upon America, sports, fathers. It it was just, it's a horrible tragedy and I I thought her words were very well uh, put together. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. So go shoot a basket. 
donate to women's sports and tell people you know that you love them. We saw a great quote Mm -hmm. the other day that just said, leaving your house and coming back at the end of the day is such a blessing. Not everybody always gets to do that. And so just be thankful every day that you get back home safely and tell everybody you know that you love them. Listen to your favorite podcast. Do what makes you happy. That's right. Um, But we just wanted to do a quick shout out to Kobe Bryant. Of course, we had to mention and, you know, I think the last time we said, like, the last time, like, you and I felt something like this was, like, when Robin Williams died. Yeah. You know, like, these, it's just a big moment, even mm-hmm. if you're not a fan. So, yeah, you're right. Not to believe, you know, belabor it any longer. But let's do this. Let's take a big breath. Maybe let's have another cheers. Let's take a sip. Cheers. Really cheers. Mm-hmm. Let's, um, let's keep on going. Let's, let's take this back up the hill. Um, and talk about one of our favorite guilty pre- pleasures, and that is all things Bravo, because there is some Bravo news this week, you guys. Guys, Amy, do you want to tell everybody what happened? I really do. Okay, I think you should. The OG of the OC, Miss Vicky, kick all cancer. Kill all cancer. <laughs> Gumville son. Don't send a family van for six people. Woo woo. We're going to Andale's Gunvalson is officially no longer a cast member of the Real Housewives of Orange County. Yeah. She announced it in a simple Instagram post. I say simple. She bravely posted her original photo from the Real Housewives of Orange County. So this is a few faces ago. Mm -hmm. Um, So brave season over there. And just had this really pretty lovely outpouring of thank you for your support. It's just time for me to move on. Andrew Cohen then went on and posted on his Instagram account, like a lovely tribute to her as well. I mean, those the two of them are the only ones that are really still standing. Orange County, if you're not, up on your Bravo Housewives, and they literally don't know why you wouldn't be if you're listening to this show, is the very first Real Housewives that we have yeah. on television based off of Desperate Housewives. It was originally called Behind the Gates, was, you yeah, guys. Oh my God, you guys, it's so good. But um, I think that the wheels have been falling off of Real Housewives of Orange County for quite some time now. Yeah, you haven't watched I haven't watched, seasons. that's why. And so I just think, you know... I have this fear that the show is really – not fear. I have this theory that they're going to start to tank Orange County and it might not be on. And they might have given her a hint like, go out now, kiddo. No, I – well, here's – first of all, I'm still watching actively mm-hmm. OC. And, you know, the big news about this time last year was that Vicky was no longer going to be a full-time cast member and was a friend of. And – there's a lot of confusion about what Vicky knew and didn't know and what she's lying about because yeah. she says that she never agreed to be a friend of. Yeah. Um, so, like, if – I'm not going to explain friend of. If you're listening to this, you, you know. know. Um, <clears throat> she had an epic freak out at the reunion of last season about being a friend of, not being on the full reunion. And everyone really was calling for the end of Vicky Gumbelson yeah. on our TV. And her point, and it's it's a point. I don't. I won't say it's a good point, but it's a it's point. It's a point nonetheless. She is the last standing original housewife. Like really, the OGs of housewifeness are all the first season OC women. Yes. But you know, we see Gina Kehoe every now and then. But the rest of the cast, they've all gone on Sayonara. to do other things. 
Vicki Gunvalson has been doing nothing but this and Kodo Insurance. Yeah. And uh, terrorizing her son (laughs) for the last 15 years. And so... It's a, it was a big moment because I think a lot of people, I think in other Housewife franchises, it's easier to get rid of OGs. Yeah. Vicky being literally the OG. Oh, yeah. I think it's monumental. Like, for yeah, her to leave. It was finally gone. But then we had what we would call an aftershock. And here's what I loved about this aftershock. You came home one night and you're like, oh my gosh, we have to talk about the latest person to leave Bravo. And I was like, yes. Tamara Barney's leaving OC and you spun what? I think I was trying to get a glass of wine from the fridge and had to put it back down and go, what? I was like, oh my God. I had not You're seen. talking about Vicky? You don't know? Tamara, 24 hours later, in a terrible Instagram post, a photo of her and her husband just said, it's been a great 12 years. I gotta go. Bye. And like, you didn't know if she was leaving her husband or yeah, I was like, Instagram is she leaving Eddie? Or the show it, and then immediately unfollowed Andy everybody from Bravo all mm-hmm. of the production companies mm-hmm. all these people so you kind of had a clue into it but like her her goodbye versus Vicky's goodbye were very, very different. different and Andy Cohen who clearly has become very contentious with Vicky still did give tribute yeah. and he wrote a beautiful long Instagram about Vicky her smile her deep yeah. dimples how she would wink at him on the couch even that first year of the very first reunion of the very first season of OC and was winking at him up until you know season 14 and how he'll miss that I mean he really did yeah. write a very sweet tribute to her and then Tamara was all bye and, and Andy said nothing, nothing. What I enjoyed the most about her goodbye post, and y'all can go look at it and enjoy this with me, um, and I don't know why people do this. She would write the sentence and then a space and then the period. And I don't know why she thought that that's where the space went. (laughs) That's her unspoken words. (laughs) I was just like, I don't know. I'm taken away from your like, I'm leaving the show because your punctuation is so third grader. (laughs) I'm not with you. I can't do it. I can't do it with you. I can't. No, I mean, as far as someone who still watches the show, Vicky's got to go. Yeah. Tamara's got to go. Yeah. And like I said to you last night, Shannon Medor is just waiting for the axe to fall. The Trace Amigas are over and goodbye to them. I don't think OC is done. I think it's time for new life in OC. Yeah. The way that after Jersey did that weird season where they had the twins and mm-hmm. um, that one horrible woman was on and then like they breathed life back into that franchise. Yeah. I think Emily is going to come out as a front runner. Oh, yeah. We're going to have Emily and Kelly Dodd. We're still going to have Gina. Ugh, I don't know about boring win. Um, but we're going to get a couple new ones in. And I think OC is going to be young and fresh because, like, look, it's Laguna Beach. It's, like, young and fresh. Yes. Um, I think OC is going to be fine. We'll see what happens. I'm worried about Dallas. I don't know if Dallas can be a show without Leanne Locken. And I don't think... Bravo can bring back Leanne Locken after the shit she said last season. She said a lot of really inappropriate racial Horrible. slurs. Horrible. That came back. She couldn't even. That were. For, you should never defend a racial slur to begin with. You said it. You were wrong. Apologize. She, There's no defending, yeah. but she never apologized. Not appropriately. Exactly. But S- yeah, yeah. So. I think Leanne Locken is canceled. So I don't know if Dallas can survive without her. Yeah. A show I know that can survive, though, is Real Housewives of New York. And my only issue right now... And guys, 
She talks about this issue 17 times a day. Where the fuck is my trailer for season 11? <laughs> In that tone, too. And at me as if I'm the production team responsible for it. Every day Amy asks, where Erica. is my trailer, Erica? Erica. <laughs> I didn't do it. Erica. Erica, where the fuck is my trailer? I'm working on it. I'm still editing. Erica. You want me to edit this show or the trailer? Erica. <laughs> where the fuck is – literally, where is the Roni trailer? I'm starting to get Ajina. They made me wait too long already this year for Vanderpump Rules to start. They did, yeah. But, it was look, a lot, but I'll But we're it. getting off to a good start. Vanderpump Rules is serving – the, the needs that I I'm need. enjoying. I, I do find that I maybe got, um, with this new season of Vanderpump, too many new people. Too much. I, it's a I, little I, much. I do believe I was handed five new people and was supposed to know their names and or care about them. What I is it, Dana? I don't know, but I love Charlie. No, you don't. You lie First of all, how do you not love an idiot that stands <laughs> on national television and goes, I've never eaten Pasta. pasta. And is asked, you never had macaroni and cheese as a kid? No. I have a theory. Pasta is why people are fat. Well, not a theory. Erica, it's not about the pasta. <laughs> it's not about the pasta. But like, you've like, got to love this girl who's 22 with big tits and like doe eyes that has a theory as if she also has a hypothesis and she is out there in the field with studying. goggles and like the white lab coat next to Bill Nye being like, Bill? I have a theory about pasta. It stacks up in you. Stacks up in you. And that's why we're fat. Yeah, they're called carbs. So stack up in you part is weird. Does she not know what poop is? I don't think she does. I think she she literally pooped. I think she pulled the trigger. There's also some weird Beverly Hills stuff going down. Maybe Denise Richards was sleeping with Brandy Glanville, which is the most Real Housewife meta thing. I know. I, I'm not sure what to do. I kind of need Bravo to get back on their regular schedule. Yeah, we're 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 a little we're a little disjointed right we're now. We're a little disjointed. And another thing on Bravo that is disjointing me and mm-hmm. rocking me from my mm-hmm. core, you would say I am seasick by it. Yeah, that was is good. my favorite show on Bravo Below Deck and what I love the most about the show Below Deck is that this is a true reality show that anybody will watch I know plenty of single straight guys that love it my father loves Below Deck he's like this is the Bravo show I will sit down and watch completely agree and I am the most upset about these four toddler boys that are dicking around as deckhands and a chef coming in with their misogynistic bullshit and ruining my favorite show. These and they're douche. ruining it, but I love this show so much, but they get me irate while I'm watching my absolute favorite show. These are douche monger bro. I the worst bros. The word Leslie Jones said was misogynistic biscuits or douche yes, biscuits or something. And if you are not watching Leslie Jones's Instagram reactions to Twitter. below Twitter reactions to below deck, you are missing, missing out. out. To watch an actual celebrity scream at Ashton from South Africa, <laughs> you put <laughs> or I'm sorry, show your pie hole, Tanner. Yeah. Like, but these that's how bad these yeah. men are behaving. This show is is it's fun. Look, yeah. there's always bad behavior because this show is about people who work hard and then get really drunk. Yeah, and the fun of both. And they're stuck living and working together, and sure. it's just close quarters. It is a a perfect recipe for a reality show. Mm -hmm. But to then throw in these four, like, toddlers is still even too kind of a word for who they are and their behavior with this, like, cult frat boy mentality and how they have been gaslighting and all of this ridiculousness and the 
I mean, like, unwanted sexual advances and just nasty things that they say, they're all canceled in my book. I don't give a flying fuck what happens to them after this show. But if Andy doesn't take them to task mm-hmm. on the reunion, I'm going to be pissed. I think Below Deck is such an interesting show, unlike our Housewives and our Vanderpump Rules, where we see the same people from mm-hmm. year to year to year with maybe some new cast intros. Below Deck is basically recast every year. Besides Captain Lee and Kate as the chief stew, yeah. the rest of the cast is really new every year sometimes a returner so (sighs) you never know what kind of chemistry you're going to get yeah and I will say I stopped watching Below Deck for several years and I went back last year and the chemistry of that cast even though of course they still fought and everything it was an incredible season of television so I was so excited it was electric electric it was I think it revived the entire series agreed so this year I was so excited for it to come back and I believe this is season seven. Or is yes. It, yes. Yes. Season seven. And it's been fantastic in a lot of ways. But the chemistry of the cast has created this very toxic masculinity. Yes. Vortex. Yeah. Like suck hole. Uh-huh. And that it, yeah, it's nasty as shit. And I don't think by casting all these people individually that the producers could have known that. No. But you put these people together and they've created, like I said, this black tar of masculine yes toxicity that's yes. disgusting um it's frustrating to watch it's fascinating yeah but it's horrible to watch i want to point out one more thing and say bravo where the fuck is my southern charm trailer season are we doing this because i don't know also have we talked about even personally that katherine dennis is theoretically back with thomas ravenel she's been posting a lot of really strange Instagram photos. My cousin Kristen and I are very concerned about her safety and well-being. We talk about it frequently. I think I heard about it on Jeff Lewis Live on Radio Andy the other day. Like, it's pretty much confirmed that Catherine and Thomas are back together. We don't know where we – if they're even filming. I don't know anything about Southern Charm. I've heard so many things that – there's such a hot mess with those boys, too, that it mm. would almost be a show of just the girls, which I'd watch. Which is fine, because Shep has to be canceled. Shep is canceled. And then Austin, Austin is a has monster. to be canceled. He's a loser. We love Craig, but he's an idiot. He can't can't. He's like, Craig is like T. Schwartz. Yeah. He can't really. I, mean, I think he could still be on the show, but it couldn't be like a Kiki player. Like, Cameron loves to just tot him out and trot him out and just like have drinks with him and ask him about his pillow line. He's not but smart enough still... to carry a storyline. No, but he's hot, and I'd watch him. Yeah. And Andy Cohen. Loves, loves Craig. Craigie more than anybody else on Bravo. It's the best. But yeah, I have I have a lot of questions for Bravo. Maybe we should start tweeting them. Let's try that. Maybe, maybe we start tweeting. Maybe mm-hmm. we should do that now because I feel like we've gone on this for quite a minute. I've been having I a great time. Could honestly keep talking about it. Actually, do you want to hit stop and keep talking about it? I think we probably should. Okay. I think we should give yeah, yeah. our rewinders a break. We'll give you guys a break. We gave you two weeks off, so now we're back and you have all of our thoughts about Almost everything. <laughs> it was a lot of thoughts. We're yeah. almost an hour worth of thoughts here. Yay. Yay, you guys. I'm so happy for y'all. But thank <laughs> you for stopping by and checking us out. We can't wait to come back and talk to you more about all of our happy hour conversations. That's right. And uh, follow us. Tell us what you guys are talking about. We're at Happy Hour Rewind on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, Happy yep. Hour Rewind. We'll be back. I'm not going to promise next week, guys. You know, we'll tomorrow's be- not promised. We'll- <laughs> 
it's never a promise. Um, But it's only a day away. So on that note. (laughs) um, We will love you no matter what. Talk with us no matter what you do. Do not forget to be kind and rewind. Bye, guys. Check you.